This is the Dealer Playbook. Hey there, what's going on? This is the Dealer Playbook Podcast, episode number 70. Can you believe that? Episode 70, bringing creative strategies for you, today's advanced automotive professionals. What's going on? I'm Michael Cirillo, and I could not be joined by my partner in crime, Robert Wiseman. He really, really wishes he could be here, but uh, wanted to send a quick hello to everybody listening in. Guys, can you believe 70 episodes of The Dealer Playbook, and we couldn't be more excited to continue lining up some incredible guests to bring you actionable insights and intelligence to take your career in the automotive industry to the next level man it's all about thriving not just surviving there is so much that we can be doing inside of this incredible industry now the dealer playbook we are you know team dpb is excited because we have been working on some really cool stuff that we want to tell you about here really quickly the first thing is the launch of our brand new website we have you know, just been heads down redesigning our website experience for those of you that visit it. Thank you so much to those of you that do. Uh, we've just jam packed this thing, man, with goodies, freebies, insights, tips, tricks, strategies, you name it to really help empower uh, you guys listening in. And also, um, you know, because we want it to be a real good supplemental resource to the show that you guys are listening into every week. Go check it out. www.thedealerplaybook.com. It's really exciting and oh so beautiful yes that's right beautiful um let let us know what you think visit us on facebook you can check out our facebook page we'd love to hear some feedback from you and any suggestions that you guys have about what you think might work uh you know better on the new website but we've been heads down working on that to bring to you guys also hey listen man we're really excited because we have been asked to fly across the pond Yeah, that's right, man. We are super pumped because we've been asked and invited to the Digital Car Dealer Workshop hosted by Paul DeFriche, who, if you guys recall, has been a past guest of the show, all the way in Amsterdam. Can you believe this? We are leaving, you know, from today's air date, uh, we are actually leaving, heading on a jet plane, man, like two weeks from now, and we're going to be flying to Amsterdam to participate in a couple days of intensive workshops. So shout out to Paul. Thank you so much for inviting us to that sh- that event. It's going to be phenomenal. We're super excited. And definitely, we're going to be filling you guys in. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook, where we're going to be posting a lot of pictures and content from our visit to Amsterdam. All right, so for today's episode, it is me, myself, and I, and I'm going to do my best to drop some power bombs on everybody listening in. But before we do, let's just take a quick break and just groove out for a second. Here we go. Okay, so we wanted to bring you valuable information as much as we possibly could. We've got you so used to the nuggets and the power bombs. I really hope I don't let everybody down, but I want to talk to you today about a topic that I think is just so vitally important. Not only is it going to help you in your digital marketing efforts and your regular traditional marketing efforts, but it's really going to help you take your business and your career to the next level. It's about thriving, not just surviving. And so I want to share some insights with you about a topic that I've really just been stuck 
on for quite some time. And hopefully you take some power bombs and nuggets away from this that will help you in your career in automotive. Well, recently I was speaking at an event in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I posed a question to the group of, of dealers and sales professionals that I was speaking with. I, I simply asked, why are you in business? And there was a bit of a pause, but it triggered such a phenomenal conversation amongst the group that I wanted to let you in on it and also share some of my thoughts with you. Now, as you can imagine, the responses were, you know, pretty standard, something that you would expect if, if you had to stop and think for yourself uh, right now to, and answer that question, what would you, what would the answer be? So why are you in business? Well, there were some, while well, we're in business, sell more cars to make more money, to push more products, to all those sorts of things. And while that's not wrong because none of us are running charities, I'd submit that we need to go a layer deeper. So take a minute, pause if you have to, and think to yourself, why are you in business? Why do you do the things that you do? Why do you get out of bed in the morning? Why do you roll into work? Why do you put in an honest effort at work? Is it all for you to enhance your life? Is it all for the dealer? Are you there just to make somebody else rich? Because we know there's a lot of people that feel that way. Why are you in business? Why do you go to generate an income? Well, I'd submit that if money and selling and pushing products is the reason why you're in business, it's going to take you a long time to get to where you want to go in life. If financial freedom is really what you're after, if creating a phenomenal happy life is what you're after, I would submit to you that the pursuit of money, if success for you is predicated upon money alone, buckle up, man, you're in for a long haul. Um, so what I submitted to the group is that the first priority for being in business is to enhance and enrich somebody's life. Now, put that in context, because those of you that have listened to the show before have heard me say probably a dozen times on various, you know, varying episodes, it's about being valuable to somebody, not worthless to everybody. So I'm providing a little bit more context behind that phrase right now. See, business is about enriching and enhancing somebody's life. And think about the connection there. It's not about trying to enhance everybody's life because everybody, no, not everybody has the same exact problems. And so how do you enrich and enhance somebody's life? How do you get into the lives uh, of your target audience and enhance and enrich their life? Well, you simply do it by getting to know them, identifying their problem. You notice I, I didn't put a plural on that. Identifying their problem that you can solve, and then by empowering them through content and through your actions and interactions uh, to become bigger and better and more hopeful than when they first came to you. And this is a really tricky thing because it really comes down to needing to understand human behavior of which I would suggest reading How to Win Friends and Influence People, which has changed my life and my career. I've read that book by far more times than any other book that I own because it shares such phenomenal information about human-to-human -human interaction. But I submit that being in business to enrich and enhance somebody's life to solve their problem will get you to where you want to go so much quicker than if you were to pursue money alone. Now, 
part of enriching and enhancing somebody's life is to build trust. You've heard, you've heard us talk about this on previous episodes of the show. Build relationships of trust because people do business with other people that they both like and trust. And if they don't trust you and if they don't have a relationship with you, they're never, ever, ever going to feel comfortable giving you their money. But if you go the approach of putting out information and building awareness and having interactions with your potential customers and and the community that will enrich and enhance their life, how how fast do you think that word will travel? You know, we talk all about in the industry about reputation and being involved in the community. Well, imagine how quickly your reputation will or or your perceived reputation will increase when you go out of your way to help people, not just pitch, not just, you know, sell products. Now, there's something that really kind of burdens me. It frustrates the crap out of me. And that is seeing articles online, you know, whether it's Forbes or Mashable or Entrepreneur.com or whatever, you know, Time Magazine. And, you know, you've probably seen articles like this where they talk about how to negotiate with a car dealer. And the gist of these, I mean, you can Google them, but the gist of all of these articles that I found on the topic really come down to treating the dealer like they're pieces of crap. And that... I mean, that really drives me insane because it perpetuates this massive problem that we have in the industry, which is the stigma or the negative connotation that comes along with being a car dealer. Well, I submit to you that the automotive industry is one of the most powerful and one of the most progressive and one of the most uh, uh, phenomenal industries on the planet. It's filled with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of individuals who are seeking to make improvements in their life. I know because I see it. Robert and I know because we hear from a lot of you. And it's just so incredible how many of you are really striving and really concerned about how to create better experiences for the people that you serve to just see these articles online that basically you know, allude to the fact that you're going to be shady and allude to the fact that you're going to use some crazy, like terroristic, you know, negotiation tactic and that you're not out for their best interests. Now, don't get me wrong. There are definitely some dealers that need to work on this stuff, but it's wrong to peg all of us as a whole in this industry as, you know, um, not, not, you know, looking for the best interests of those people that we serve. But, this causes the problem. It perpetuates the problem. It what it's what keeps causing people to not trust us and to not believe what we say and to treat us like crap. Well, while that is negative for sure, and while that's a problem, it shouldn't remove the fact that the best way to achieve success, true lasting success, is to enrich and enhance somebody's life. Well, it's really difficult to enrich and enhance the life of somebody who hates you without getting to know you. I agree. But here's what I'd submit to you. While things certainly appear to be negative, and while people still kind of are, you know, uninformed about car dealers as a whole, and they believe that we're kind of scumbags, which drives me insane, it also presents a pretty freaking powerful opportunity for us to prove them wrong. Now, hear me out. Think about, you probably remember this. You remember back in the day, uh, I don't know, maybe 20 to 25 years ago, Jack in the Box, the fast food chain, 
um, somebody actually died because of the, the mad cow disease or, you know, some like rogue, like nuclear infested piece of beef or something. This, this individual died. Now I'm not trying to make light of the situation. It's certainly really, really bad. But what happened after that? Jack in the box could have crumbled. They could have said, well, we're the fast food joint that kills people. Like our food is so disgusting that, that somebody has died from eating it. I mean, you can't get, you really can't get a worse reputation than that. I think you'd agree. But what did they do? They took it as an opportunity to prove that that's not who they are as a whole and that they can be trusted and that they do, you know, create food that is safe uh, and is edible and that wouldn't kill you. And what they did is they started a campaign whereby, you know, they, they brought in people to make sure that their restaurants were the cleanest in the industry and that their kitchen processes were to the point where, um, you know, there were no, there were no leaks, uh, in the process and that their kitchens were the cleanest in the industry. And to this day, Jack in the box has really turned themselves around. And, and now a lot of people realize because of the opportunity they took to prove the industry wrong, uh, and to prove the market wrong that they can be trusted. And so I'm kind of submitting the same thing here. I think while, um, you know, mass media still certainly tries to paint car dealers and car professionals in a negative light, that gives us the opportunity we need to prove them wrong. In most instances, though, I think we just kind of sit around and we don't really demonstrate why we can be trusted and we, we kind of contribute to the problem. Um, and so shifting things and not being so concerned about money first and not being so concerned about the sales pitch first, but being more concerned about whether or not we've empowered somebody to make an informed purchase decision and whether or not we've enriched them and left them better than when they first came to us. And if our focus is on building relationships of trust, money is the natural byproduct because again, people do business with people they both like and trust. So how can we do this? How can we leverage this? How can we market that we're different? Here's a couple of suggestions I have for you. The first, do you know what your company's mission statement is? Does your company even have a mission statement? And if it does, do you know where it's located? And if you do, does everybody on your team know what your dealership's mission statement is? If not, this is a perfect opportunity to first and foremost make sure your entire team has bought into the mission. The second thing I do is I would be running a series of creative campaigns, whether on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, that demonstrate how our mission statement comes to fruition. The next thing is I'd be considering the, the corporate uh, or dealership core values. Now, to give you some insights, my agency is so invested in our core values that we actually hire our team first based upon compatibility to the core values. And they're not, you know, mind numbing and mind blowing and, and, um, you know, but we also didn't take them from Google either or Google, you know, cool core values that make people feel warm and fuzzy. These are just things that we truly believed in things like long-term relationships, striving for excellence, creating awesome. There's always more to learn, right? Positivity, no negativity allowed, that sort of a thing. Be positive. Um, 
we hire on compatibility to those core values before anything else because we believe that that's something that can make us truly unique. And listen, as a vendor, quote unquote vendor, that's a whole other episode, we kind of struggle with the same problem because the same light, that same negative light that the general population paints car dealers is also kind of the same way car dealers paint vendors, which is a shame. And so there's an opportunity for us, as there is for you, to really invest in the core values and make sure, again, that your entire team is bought into them and that they're compatible with them. Because you see, while your competitors have no clue what their mission statement is, let alone hire according to it and let alone let anybody know what it is, and as well as the core values, you have an opportunity to start letting people inside your dealership and sharing with them the things that you find important. Well, imagine if similar to my agency, one of your core values is long-term relationships. Well, that doesn't really sound like a value or a character trait as much as it does embody and resemble the fact that we are going to do anything and everything ethically in our power to make sure that you are beyond thrilled with us. We often talk about how the proof of ability is in results. Well, that goes for your dealership as well. And we wouldn't care about having long-term relationships if what we did kind of sucked, if we didn't provide good experiences and those sorts of things. And so it also acts as kind of a North Star for us to cross-reference our actions, interactions, and relationship building um, to that core value to make sure that we're on on track. Um, so think about your mission statement. And if you don't have one, create one. Think about your core values. And if you don't have any, create them. And make sure that everyone on your team knows them and make sure that you start marketing them, that they become you and that everything that flows out from you is in compatibility with who you are as a company and as individuals. This is an incredibly powerful and fast way to start differentiating because while the, the, the general population keeps thinking that you're these shady characters, you can start demonstrating exactly and precisely why you aren't. And we talk a lot about this. I talk about it in my book, Don't Wait, Dominate, how these, these small problems or these big problems, though perpetuated, can be resolved quite quickly if you are the first one to stand up. You'll quickly rise above the clutter because you'll be demonstrating how you're different, not the same. I hope this really makes sense, and I hope you guys are finding value from this. And again, to sum it all up, here's what I would say. First, figure out why you're in business. And I would suggest that you should be in business to enrich and enhance somebody's life. Be valuable to somebody, not worthless to everybody. Think about building relationships of trust and how far that can go. Think about how if success is predicated upon money alone for you, it's going to be a really, really long road. But if any inkling of happiness is built into your definition of success, I submit that the fastest way for that to happen is to help other people find success. Stop paying attention to the crap that's being published about us in the industry from Forbes and Mashable and all these other, you know, companies that want to keep painting you in a negative light and use it as a springboard, as a launch pad, as a platform to demonstrate why you are truly unique. And you can do that by having a mission statement that your whole team buys into and by having core values that you hire based compatible to and The last thing to all of this is that money 
is the natural byproduct of enriching and enhancing somebody's life, solving their problems. Your reputation in your market will increase and you will forever own the differentiator, meaning you will forever be the first dealership in your consumers and in your market's mind that will be known for changing the way people perceive you. Be human, be valuable, over deliver value always, and you will begin to rise to the top. Guys, I hope that brought you so much value. I hope there were some power bombs and nuggets in there that you can apply to your dealership. Listen, thank you so much for continuing to join us and, 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 you know, interacting with us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. We absolutely love hearing from you guys. We're so excited to be able to do this show each week for you. We love your feedback. Don't forget to hit us up, you know, on Facebook or Twitter. Give us show suggestions if there's a topic you want to learn more about or if if there's a guest that you think would be a great fit for the show. And also, Check out the show notes at www.thedealerplaybook.com where we have free uh, gifts that we'd like to give away to you guys, free information that's going to help you rise above the clutter and thrive online. That's it for me. Thanks so much for listening in. We'll hit you guys again next week. And until then, be powerful. Catch you later. Catch you later.